We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Welcome back. I'm looking through the map right now, and I'm trying to find the coldest location in Missouri. <clears throat> I think it's St. Joseph, Missouri. Let me make sure that's on the Missouri side. Yeah. So it's over in Buchanan County. It's nine below zero right now. Oh, man, it feels it, too. So here in St. Louis, we're still seeing temperatures about, you know, one below zero, zero degrees right in there. Feels a lot cooler than that still. But if you're over in Kansas City, it's about five below zero there, a little bit more north. You can eat below, nine below in a couple of spots right across the border. In Iowa, you get nine below, 11 below. Des Moines, about eight below. Ugh, it's just tough. So cold. Why has it got to be so cold all the time? Well, at least for these uh, couple of days. But you heard from AccuWeather in the last hour. They were absolutely right to point out that we can uh, send it back to Canada. And that's exactly what I'll be doing. As soon as I get done with the show today, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to go uh, down to the arch, the gateway arch. And I'm going to flick the switch, which allows the weather to bypass the St. Louis region. Because everyone knows that the St. Louis arch is actually a large weather manipulation device. And that's how we're going to be able to handle it. Everyone knows that. Or they don't because it doesn't exist that way. But I wish to think it does. Uh, here's an AP story real quick. And then to celebrate President's Day, now that it is officially Monday and President's Day, we're going to air a classic Jack Carney bit about George Washington. Now, technically, George Washington's birthday is not a week from now. It's on the 22nd. But we know we honor President's Day because of George Washington and the uh, founder, the first president. So Jack Carney did a great bit on that. And I thought, you know, we'll play that. But just real quick, I wanted to bring up this headline from the AP virus may never go away, but cold, uh, but could change into mild annoyance. So according to the Associated Press, they say, what if COVID-19 never goes away? I don't like this way of thinking. Even today, it were I guess it would be technically yesterday, but President Biden, one of the headlines came out that hey, I guess we're going to be wearing our mask until April of next year, at least. Oh, great. Didn't they tell us 100 days and we're done, right? If everyone starts getting this uh, shot. And then now they're saying we don't even know if these shots are going to work against these other variant strains. So are we just going to have to get more? Are we going to be at a constant push for this thing over and over and over again? Is that what's going to be next? So part of this AP story, will the coronavirus, which has already killed uh, millions nationwide, worldwide, I should say, eliminated 
by a global vaccination campaign like smallpox? Will it go away forever? Probably not. They say it'll probably dampen the effects of it, but it won't all go away for good. It'll just become more mild. So this is where the comparisons to the flu come back in, where eventually it's going to feel like that in the future, where if we have the vaccine, just like the flu shot, you can still get it, but it's more of an annoyance than it is a life-threatening thing. But then again, the flu is life-threatening to a lot of people. You know, if you're elderly, it's a way that takes a lot of lives every year. So that's a storyline we're going to have to follow probably at a later time, just for the sake of timing tonight. And being that it is President's Day, I have two President's Day things for you. First, I'm going to play a classic Jack Carney bit. And then after the break, we're going to hook up with our friend Jan Jacoby with an interview that aired earlier this week where we'll talk about Abraham Lincoln. He's a local school teacher, but he's also an Abraham Lincoln biographer, and he's wrote a couple of books, one of which will be coming up. So we're going to talk Abe Lincoln with Jan Jacoby after the break. But before we do that, how about we enjoy the founder of our country, good old George Washington, going back into the archives with our friends Jack Carney and Rex Davis. It's time once again for us to return to Camox Radio's Little Theater of the Year for another historic, dramatic presentation with Jack Carney and Rex Davis in the featured roles. Since today is George Washington's birthday, our feature presentation on the KMOX Morning Mystery Theater is a vignette about the father of our country. And I'm going to play... And you are going to play George Washington. Now, as the scene opens, we find George pacing the floor nervously at the Washington family home in Valley Forge. Hold it. What's wrong now? Valley Forge was the scene of a very famous battle. You mean George and Martha didn't get along? No, that's not it. Valley Forge was not the Washington family home. It was Mount Vernon. Well, as the scene opens, we find George Washington nervously pacing the floor at the Washington family home in Mount Vernon. That's better. With him is his trusted friend and campaign manager, Bernie. I don't remember any Bernie. With him is his trusty friend and campaign manager, Bernie. The Revolutionary War has ended. The Declaration of Independence has been signed at Independence Hall in Cleveland. Philadelphia. And the time has come for Americans to go to the polls for the first time to elect a president. General Washington has led the young country to victory in the war against England, but Bernie... Who I never heard of. But Bernie is worried that one of the other candidates planning on running in the first American election might upset our national hero, George Washington. Washington speaks. Oh, oh. What in the world is the matter with you? I just got back from the dentist and I heard... What seems to be the trouble, George? Well, it's worse than I thought, those damn termites. Listen, George, let's get down to business. The election is less than three weeks off. And if we're going to get you elected, we have to get on the ball. All right, all right. Bernie, what do we do first? Well, first of all, George... I think you're underestimating the competition. Competition? What competition? Well, if Jefferson runs... I'll cancel my subscription to his magazine. What about John Hancock? The insurance man? Don't be silly. Look, George, this is no shoe-in, and you have to get busy on your image. My image? What's wrong with my image? 
Well, first of all, you haven't had a good column item since the cherry tree bit. Yeah, that did get a lot of coverage. And the boat bit was disastrous. Oh, look, I told you about that. George, seasick or no seasick, everybody sits down in a boat. All right, Bernie, now what are we going to do? George, I've got a bit. It shows your personal strength, and it also has a lot of symbolism. We'll do it down at the Potomac. Oh, not another boat ride, Bernie. You know what happened last no, time. No, no, no boat ride. What you're going to do is throw a silver dollar across the Potomac. What? You are going to throw a silver dollar across the Potomac River. Well, what in the world for? Believe me, George, every paper in the country will pick up this one. Look, Bernie, you know Martha. She's not going to give me a dollar to throw across the river. Remember when I wanted to hire that fancy tailor, Milton Aronson, to design the new flag, and she made me use that friend of hers in the candy business at Betsy, what's her name? Mm -hmm. Well, if she wouldn't let me get a new flag retail, she isn't going to give me a dollar to throw across the Potomac. George, I'll supply the dollar. Well, that's a different story. Important thing, George, is, well, this is a test of personal strength. Can you make it? Can you throw a dollar all the way across the Potomac? Bernie, leave it to me. And so it was on that crucial day in 1776 that George Washington, amidst the popping of hundreds of flashbulbs... Which they didn't have in 1776. ...stepped to the shore and threw a dollar across the Potomac. Now, if you were to go to Cleveland... Washington. ...today and look across the Potomac, you would be amazed that the father of our country could have thrown that dollar all the way across that enormous river. Well, just remember... A dollar, a dollar went, went a whole, whole lot farther in, in 1776. <laughs> all of that, all of that for the one gag joke at the end. Can really appreciate the comedic styles of Jack Carney. God love him. All right. When we come back, Jan Jacoby is going to talk about Abe Lincoln on this president's day. It's Overnight America, KMOX. And welcome back to Overnight America. It's a guest that we've had on the show in the past. Actually, I think we've had him on twice. So this will be his third appearance, and it seems like we spread it out once about a year. <laughs> this is an early one because he's got a book coming out with President's Day. It, we thought it would be nice to welcome back Jan Jacoby. Thanks for coming back on to Overnight America. Oh, Ryan, it's great to be with you. Yeah, it has been. This is the third time. The first time was when Young Lincoln was published. And uh, that was, uh, let's see, published in 2018, so there we are. And then last year it was talking about the presidents. And, uh, yes, the, the new book is uh, at the publisher, and the publication will be in the fall, I think around September 1. At, uh, oh, so it's, yep. great news. So President's Day is around the corner, which is coming up on Monday. Um, it uh, made me Lincoln, wonder. Did it Lincoln's birthday on uh, the 12th, which is, what day is Friday. that? Yeah, Friday. Okay. And then, oh yeah, you're right, it is President's Day Monday. That I'm thinking of George's birthday, which is the 22nd. Right. He's coming up too. They kind of have that right around each other. And I yeah. was looking at, um, I was looking at the different events that happen in February and things. And it was, it's good that we get you in to talk presidents and talk about Lincoln with his birthday coming up. And now that you've studied and wrote about Lincoln, are you still learning new things about him? Absolutely. It's, uh, there are so many levels that you reach and, and it's, uh, it's funny that you often say that you don't understand a subject 
deeply unless you teach it. So in some ways, these books are, are teaching Lincoln, and uh, there are uh, deeper levels in this book, which uh, covers his years uh, in Springfield, when he goes to Springfield in 1837, and when he is uh, elected to Congress and, and does a term in Congress to 1849. So it covers 12 years. Lincoln will be from 28 to 40 in this book. So there's maturation. Uh, and uh, he is, there are parts of him in this one that are a tad unpleasant. People kind of think of Lincoln as the marble icon, but uh, there are some parts of him that will surprise people. There's some things that I remember from our previous interviews, and the one that always stands out is when he was challenged to a duel on Blood Island. That one is one of my favorite Lincoln stories. This Would that be covered in this one, or is that before the time no, frame? No, uh, uh, that's a very important. That's Chapter 16. <laughs> that's, uh, the duel it. with shields on, on Bloody Island. Absolutely. And that's a very important moment because he uh, that loops me back to this unpleasant part of him because as a politician uh, early in his career and into the Springfield years, he is very good at sarcasm and ridicule. Now, the politics of the day are certainly include all that, but uh, a Lincoln scholar, uh, Bob Bray up in uh, Bloomington, who uh, is retired from Illinois uh, Wesleyan, Bob uses a phrase about Lincoln in uh, that period, and it's called the power to hurt. Hmm. And so he, he, he doesn't shy away from just uh, in these political discussions and debates by going for the jugular. And in one case, uh, further along, a couple of years later, he actually reduces a political opponent to tears because he mimics his uh, all his speech uh, mannerisms. And uh, wow. uh, it's and indeed, uh, well, go ahead. Yeah, I don't mean to talk it's into tears. OK, so that yeah, sounds like um, that is a little uh, overboard or is that just part of the political atmosphere of the time? Well, you know, you've got it. It's a little of both. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, people forget, you know, they think we're in this uh, horrible time of uh, nation-divided stuff. Uh, the, you know, in those days, in the 19th century, the newspapers are uh, the social media, the television, the cable news. It's all in the newspapers. And the, each town at Springfield had a paper that was the organ of the Democratic Party, and one was the organ of the Republican Party. Oh, no, excuse me, the Whigs, before the Republicans are there. And so those there's some pretty scurrilous stuff that goes in there. And Lincoln, uh, in the Sankomo Journal, which is the Whig paper, uh, attacks political opponents uh, anonymously. And, and that is, in fact, what caused the duel to occur, which is he attacked Shields uh, and, and was, it's weird, it's called the Lost Township Letters. And mm-hmm. he, he's writing this uh, letter about Shields as if he were uh, Aunt Rebecca. <laughs> so under a fall, it's all anonymous. And, it, and the stuff is really very, uh, very scurrilous. How do you find things like that when you're talking about things that were anonymous and I'm sure there must have been a lot of studying to try to analyze these documents in order to authenticate them? Well, Ryan, I'm, I'm so lucky. In fact, when Young Lincoln was published and uh, when I, it was, I won an award from the Illinois State Historical Society for the best of uh, Illinois, uh, what is that called? Best of Illinois uh, 
prize, say history prize. And uh, what they said about it then was that I had relied on modern scholarship. And I've done that. I'm so lucky to be, we are in an age, of, you know, Lincoln studies for the last 30 years has just been flourishing. And a lot of new things have, have been uh, uncovered. And so it's uh, a lot of mine, I have to say, is through secondary sources. But the secondary sources will point you to the primary sources, which are the newspapers, the letters, the journals, and all those things. So you really have to use both. But uh, I can't say enough about a Lincoln biography by a scholar by the name of Michael Burlingame. The biography is uh, Abraham Lincoln, A Life. And it's uh, it's about 1,600 pages. It's two volumes, and Michael himself refers to it as the Green Monster. But <laughs> Michael, uh, James McPherson, who's probably the best-known uh, and uh, best-regarded uh, Civil War historian, uh, refers to Michael Burlingame and says that Michael knows more about Lincoln than any other man living. Mm. So, so uh, I mean, the footnotes on this thing, the, the thing is 1,600 pages, and the footnotes, I think, are online somewhere. And, I mean, they, they would fill a train car. <laughs> it's yeah. like, he's, he's just, Michael is so thorough. And so, I think, quite honestly, if it's in Michael Berlin game, to me, that's the social register of Lincoln fact. So the book is uh, Lincoln and Springfield, which comes out in the fall. And at this point, you're just eagerly awaiting that box to show up in the mail with your first copies. Well, it's a little, uh, you know, Lincoln and Springfield is my working title. And I so respect the publisher, uh, Josh Stevens at Reedy Press. He uh, he worked uh, the, the first one I was going to call Young Abe Lincoln, and he changed it to Young Lincoln. I think Lincoln and Springfield is a good title, but you know you, you don't know for sure. And uh, it's uh, we have to go through. You know, when you write a book, it still takes uh, five or six months to. It's in production for for that long, and of course you get your galleys. And I'm really interested. Young Lincoln had a marvelous color illustration by Ed Kaler. Ed is a local artist, and he also did. Uh, uh, little drawings for each of the chapters, and so Ed will be doing that again. And I'm, uh, now, I never see the cover until I see the book. It's really mm. interesting. I, uh, Josh did show me a picture of it the first time, but but that, the first cover was a knockout, and I'm 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 I got my fingers crossed that it'll be uh, the same for this one. I'm sure. So we'll have to bring you back on when that is released. And you're right. The Young Lincoln book cover is fantastic. So do you mind holding on after the break? We can talk more. Oh, Abe Lincoln. Please, please, Ryan, please. All right. So the book Lincoln and Springfield, not out yet, but you can actually check out Young Lincoln, which we had Jan Jacoby on to talk about before. And it's a fantastic book and continues to get high accolades. We're going to continue with him right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. President's Day observed on the 15th, which is Monday. Joining us is someone to talk presidents and Lincoln. It's Jan Jacoby. How are you? I'm, I'm good, Ryan. I, I'm, uh, I'm, well, I'm going to ask you, how's your son? How's your family? Doing really well. My son is, I believe, going to be a lawyer when he uh, gets older. <laughs> so, wait, did um, Abe Lincoln have a law background, if I remember correctly? Well, it's pretty skimpy for the day. His law background <laughs> is basically reading three law books and, and passing a, a licensing uh, test. And uh, that's, a, that's an important part because he uh, goes to Springfield 
uh, being licensed in Illinois to practice law. And his first partner is very important in his life. His name is John Todd Stewart. Mm-hmm. And he actually is a first cousin of Mary Todd. And uh, they had met during the, uh, the uh, I was going to say the French, no, it's the, uh, the, the, those guys, uh, the Black Hawk Indian War. Uh, that's okay. uh, in, in Illinois. I was going to say the uh, French and Indian War, wrong war. But uh, so uh, John Todd Stewart was a, a very well-connected uh, lawyer in Springfield and uh, had come from uh, Kentucky to uh, to Illinois. And he uh, liked Lincoln, and he, when Lincoln was thinking of becoming a lawyer, Stewart loaned him law books and then ultimately made him his first uh, partner. But Lincoln had a heck of a lot to learn when he uh, walked into the office of uh, Stewart and Lincoln in the fall, in the uh, as, uh, say the spring of 1837. Yeah, let me tell you what my son did to me today because this is how I why I believe he's going to become a lawyer. So my wife and I were going to split a frozen pizza for lunch, and my son was going to have peanut butter and jelly. So when he caught wind that we were having pizza and he was having peanut butter and jelly, he said, hey, let me get in on that pizza. Can I uh, have some pizza? And I said, no, 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 we made you a sandwich. You're going to have peanut butter and jelly. And then he says, God would want you to share. You love God, right? <laughs> Now, that's a solid argument, if I've ever heard one. And when I told that to our uh, legal analyst, Brad Young, he said, you better start saving for law school right now because it sounds like he's heading so, in that direction. Ryan, how old is he now? He's six. Okay. Now, I must yeah, say, Ryan, some... you are – I love what you and your wife do because you've told me that you read to him very uh, – you read a lot to him. And, and that, I would say to parents everywhere, read, read, read to your children. Yes, my wife primarily reads because the, most nights she puts him to bed because I'm doing the show. But the nights right. that I pick up the reading, the problem I run into is because, it, you know, I'll read a chapter of a book that I'm not invested in because, you know, five days a week, she's the one that's reading the chapters. And I'm just kind of picking in the stories here and there. So I get to I get to read some children's literature. And I know young Lincoln had, uh, you know, an audience when it comes to like a juvenile nonfiction. So this new book that you have coming out, Lincoln and Springfield, who's the audience for that one? Uh, good, good question. That's going to be probably high school, uh, although it could be uh, advanced seventh and eighth graders. Uh, but, but it, it's uh, you know, the heart of the book is Lincoln's uh, relationship with Mary Todd, and there is some good uh, material there because uh, he had a very close friend in Springfield. Uh, Joshua Speed. He met Speed the first day he got there, and Speed. Uh, offered Lincoln to have him live with him in the upstairs of his store, and they became very, very close friends. And so uh, Speed uh, actually uh, at some point, uh, well, well, Lincoln, uh, you may know or may not know that, that he uh, meets Mary Todd and, and uh, goes, uh, the relationship continues for a while, and then it gets closer and closer, and then they ultimately get engaged. And shortly thereafter, Lincoln has cold feet, and eventually he uh, decides that he's going to go tell Mary Todd that he wants to break the engagement. And Speed, at that point, counsels him through that whole process. Well, uh, about a year later, Speed is getting married himself 
in uh, Kentucky, and uh, he uh, has cold feet about his marriage. So these two guys who have gotten cold feet about getting married have a, a wonderful set of letters. We only have Lincoln's letters to speed, but they are the most personal documents that you're ever going to find on Lincoln. And, mm. uh, and there's a tenderness to that relationship. And uh, so uh, the, um, the, the, that's, that, all that is subtlety, I think, that uh, a high school uh, boy or girl would, would uh, be able to get. And, and, you know, again, I would say I work with uh, some very bright middle schoolers, and they could get it, too. Okay, good. Yeah, I know I played this last year, and I don't remember if you remember it, but Kevin Colleen did a whole other story about going back in time and talking to Abraham Lincoln. Can I play that for you for us to oh, enjoy? Please, no, I don't. No, this is new. This is great. Okay, I so Kevin, Kevin Clean is, oh, he's fantastic in all the work he does. So this would have been last year at this time. He did a whole other story uh, okay. about going back in time. The waiting room was crowded with mothers and wives of Union soldiers who were facing charges of desertion, asking the president to pardon them. A few members of Congress there, one of them kept looking at my shoes, a pair of blue Sperry's that looked out of place in 1864. I had read back then it was easier to see the president, and it was true. After waiting in about an hour, the clerk called me over and asked, what do you want? I said, I want to speak to the president about this, and I handed him a Lincoln penny that was in my pocket, dated 1994. Well, that got his attention. The president called me in, and there he was. No amount of Matthew Brady photographs can prepare you for the sight of Lincoln in 3D. He looked like he needed a milkshake or some sunshine. He's so thin and pale. I'd heard stories about he was the tiredest and saddest-looking man on the planet, and it was true. He had the penny in his hand, and he gestured and said, sit down, and said, what is this? Mr. President, I said, I was just gushing with excitement. I'm from the future. And I'm here to cheer you up. I want to tell you, the North wins the war. The Union stays together. The country becomes a world superpower. We defeat Hitler. We, we win two world wars. There's battleships and flying planes and horseless carriages. We've got rockets that send a man to the moon. There's a Civil Rights Act. Women get the right to vote. We have open-heart surgery, refrigerators in every kitchen, Coca-Cola, White Castle hamburgers, and more. Lincoln rubbed his jaw and called for security. A brisk soldier came in and with a nod from the president grabbed me from the arm to lead me out. But I turned to shout to him, I, I have to warn you, it's not all good. There's nuclear bombs and terrorist attacks in New York, the World Trade Center. And whatever you do, Mr. President, don't go to the theater to see our American cousin. Well, nobody believed me. And as you might expect, after the president's death, I was executed. Which is why if you ever get the chance to go back in time on President's Day and chat with Lincoln, just pass on it. With well, a whole other story, I'm Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, one of my ambitions someday is to meet Kevin Colleen. You should. He's great. And, you know, when we get uh, back in person and into the studios, we'll have to arrange for that, get you in early enough so you guys can overlap. Uh, but it wasn't that great? <laughs> no, he's got it nailed. And, and I'll tell you, one, my first reaction is that, interestingly enough, Lincoln himself would have loved that. He really loved technology for the time and inventions. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he would have been, he would, he would have adored technology. He's a local author and also an educator. Jan Jacoby, author of Young Lincoln and an upcoming book called Lincoln in Springfield. 
with Abraham Lincoln's birthday this past Friday, and also President's Day. Now on this Monday, we thought, uh, how about we replay a couple of portions of this interview? And if you wanted to go listen to the whole thing, it's in our podcast. If you go to Overnight America, or just go to KMOX.com in the podcast section, search for Overnight America, and you can find the full hour with Jan Jacoby. I think you would enjoy it. This is Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Well, we're getting uh, ready to wrap things up. i got a couple of more stories to get to before we hit 2 o'clock. So thanks for spending time with us here tonight on Overnight America, and thanks for the messages that came in. Um, Kevin sounds like the narrator from the 70s Charlotte Webbs movie. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that and see if Kevin Clean sounds like it. I really will. Thanks for that, Jeff. All right, so a couple of quick stories. This one at KMOX.com. Nellie's former St. Louis area home is a real fixer-upper. I did a full video on this, and during that uh, interview replay, I was able to post it up on my page at KMOX.com. If you go to the personality pages, the show section, and just search for uh, Ryan Recker, you can get it right there. So I got a link to that, but really I did a whole video looking at the photographs and trying to get more video working on my home setup here, and I hope to do more with it here soon. But St. Louis area home, formerly owned by Nelly. It's not really known how long ago. I guess you can go and pull the records, but it was not for this article. So uh, it has a pool. The recent photos taken by Josh Kahn and Katie Busk real estate team shows that it needs a lot of work. See, I don't know what I'm looking at. It kind of looks like it has a pool, but not. And I'm looking at the pool and it looks so nasty right now. But then again, who knows how long it's been since someone's lived in this. Apparently, the place was evaluated uh, once owned about $2 million, but now it's on the market for about $600,000. Six bedrooms, seven baths, private basketball court. It The property it's on is absolutely gorgeous, but the house needs a lot of work. So if I were to go to their listings, I'm curious if it has the square footage on this. I think that the true... Oh, see, it's not on their website. so. Maybe that's a special, special thing. Uh, just looking at the photos by itself, it's, you know, it looks like, to me, a 90s mansion. When I watched the television show from the 90s, this is what it would look like. The exterior shots and things like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air style. But when I go inside, I think this doesn't really feel like a family home to me. It doesn't feel like the type of place I would go to and take my shoes off, you know. This is like a keep your shoes on the entire time you're in there type of place. Oh, okay. Here's the uh, Zillow listing. Full details. Uh, no, home in the Eureka area. I think this is Wildwood. Just hit the market. Uh, needs a ton of work, but hopefully it gets returned to a desirable condition. Now, a ton of work is absolutely true. I was looking at the pictures, and we were doing that as part of the live video from earlier. Go ahead and uh, watch that on the website, or better yet, find me on Facebook, Ryan Record Radio, and you can get it right there. Um, there's a lot of rooms that look passable. It's almost like they did just some of the bare minimums, which is, hey, we're going to paint the walls white to hide all the blemishes on these things. You know, you can still see where they took off the plates to the different fixtures and things to paint, which is fine. 
uh, makes you wonder what was behind it. And some of the things looked like there was some damage on the floor and the tiles, which made me wonder if there was some water issues. If you're an inspector, I wonder how long it would take to go through a house like this. A typical house, depending on the size, you know, a thousand to two thousand square feet could probably get through the house in a matter of a few hours. Something like this, does this take like a half a day? And then again, are you going to be documenting all the problems and looking at the back? It definitely needs some work. If I, if I were to like, let's say, Hey, you won the lottery. We're going to give you this house for free. That's what you want, but you have to fix it up yourself. That's the deal. I would look at this and say, man, I don't even know if I'm capable of doing all of this work. It would take me like five years to fix all of this stuff on my own. And that's with the limited knowledge I have, but man, that's a lot of elbow grease. So if it's worth 2 million at its peak, and now in a market where the houses go like crazy, are you going to have to do a million and a half dollars worth of renovations on this to make it worth it? And then again, are they even going to be able to find help to do that? Think about how busy people are. Like they're going to be able to commit all that time. Well, I guess they would if it's that big of a deal. But either way, find that story at KMOX.com. Here's another quick story. And I'm going to have to talk about this more tomorrow because I'm almost out of time. The headline is apparently Joe Biden went out there and said, hey, this extra stimulus check we're trying to get you, it will allow 22 and a half million Americans to pay their bills full through mid-July, a new report says. <laughs> OK, I'm thinking to myself, OK, fifteen hundred dollars, though, House Committee on uh, Ways and Means included the stimulus checks and talking about how people can stretch this out. I'm thinking, how are you stretching fourteen hundred dollars out? For the month month of March, April, May, June, and then mid-July. So wait, four months, we'll say. Let's say this thing gets passed mid-March, April, May, June, July. You get four months, $1,400. Could you live off of $1,400 for four months? Uh, and then what bills would you have? Okay, you're not going to include a house payment because obviously you're going to burn through pretty much all of that, if not all of it, in a month. Car payments, okay, let's say you have $300 car payment. Okay, so three for six, that's almost the whole thing. And just car payments. So you also have your gas bill, your electric bill. You have your waste bill, your water bill. Your Think about all the other things that you're going to have to throw in there. And that's not going to cover all those things. You have your student loans. You have an interest in a credit card. Um, so $1,400 is not going to cover you. Is that just their way of saying that there's going to be more on top of that coming in the future? And if that's the case, should there be more on top of that coming in the future? Probably not. But I think that's kind of the M.O. for the Biden administration. They want to get as many of those out uh, the door as possible and just throw more onto that debt pile that's already burning cash as we speak. Well, that'll about do it for us here on Overnight America. Again, if you're on Facebook and you hate Facebook, but you're still on Facebook and you find yourself hating it more and more every day, here's one thing you could do to make it a little bit better. Go like my page, Ryan Wrecker Radio, as long as they allow me on it, I guess. We can go spend that time together on Twitter at Ryan Wrecker. It would be good for you to do that, too. Uh, great ways to communicate with us. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your night. Stay warm. Lots of snow. Be good. Uh, you know, take it easy on the roadways and just know that uh, don't go out if you don't have to. And uh, have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. My heart beats with the lonely rain. Wishing I could see your face again.
has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 